if you want to be a great leader, you have to be relatable, you have to be real, and you have to be vulnerable. Welcome to the Rising Leader Podcast, bringing forth the new wave of rising leadership and helping leaders find purpose, connection, and results. This is your host, founder of Alluviance, Alex Kremer. Welcome to the Rising Leader Podcast. I am so stoked or excited or just looking forward to a wonderful conversation here with one of my great friends who I've known for quite a few years now, Mr. Ian Koniak. I'll give a little background on Ian. Ian is the founder and CEO of Ian Koniak Sales Coaching. He's helping account executives perform their best by mastering both the habits, the mindset, the skill sets needed to perform at an extremely high level. And I think right now, Ian's coaching over 100 account executives in his sales curriculum, which is absolutely unbelievable in terms of the impact that he's having. He's also the Dean of Enterprise Sales School for Pavilion. That's helping people sell more complex, strategic, large deals to enterprise, former number one enterprise account executive at Salesforce. And I'll just say he's been making some splashes here with the sales world, with leadership, both in terms of how to lead others, but more importantly, also how to lead yourself. And on a more personal note, I've known Ian for about six years now. Uh, and it's crazy to think we joined a sales mastermind together back in San Francisco. I think it was 2017 timeframe. Yep. Through that time, we've been bunk mates. We've hiked to the top of volcanoes in Guatemala together. And he's just been an amazing person to watch in terms of his journey and also a great supporter of mine. And so I just have a ton of respect and love, love for him. Ian, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. What's up, dude? I was just thinking about this that this morning. I was thinking about how long I've been in personal development. And you're right. It was uh, Guatemala. It was 2017. I joined the program March of 2017. So it's going on six years of, I would call, intense personal development. And so much has happened for both of us, really, since that hike that we did in Guatemala. So it's great to see you you here making an impact. And Al. Alex has seen me in my best of times and also my worst of times. He, he went through with me when I just hit a rock bottom in recovery and we were bunk mates and you saw me in probably my darkest moment where I had to leave a mastermind to go be with my wife because she didn't trust me being away for a couple of days. And we had just gone through some really heavy stuff. So yeah, man, you're, you've been consistent through through my journey and evolution. So it's great to come full circle here with you. Oh, man. Yeah, we have been through sometimes. And it's interesting, we have been through paradigm shifts. So it's like how we viewed the world back then in terms of what we viewed as success, what we thought was what we were supposed to do in order to achieve it, all got first challenged and then cut up into tiny pieces, jumbled up in a blender. And now we're doing you know, uh, something with a lot more impact, I believe. I got to first just ask, what's it like being Ian Koniak? I've been able to obviously get a front row seat to it and see just the explosion that you've had and your message get crisper and you I, more confident what you're doing. What's it like to be Ian Koniak? I've never gotten that question, believe it or not. And I love it. I would say it's a blessing and a curse, right? I'm wired a certain way. And I'll, I'll just say it's a blessing because I am wired for growth. I'm wired for, I would say, humility in a sense where... My values are faith-based. My values are based around being humble and kind and selfless. And yet I'm in this world where I'm seeing a lot of success and a lot of money and a lot of 
call it recognition or fame or whatever. So I'm always this ego and to keep myself knowing my roots and really trying to stay humble because that is what helps me help other people versus putting my Mm -hmm. own greedy desires ahead of others. And what I mean specifically is I have a family. I have two young kids. I almost lost everything a few years ago, as you very much know, because I was selfishly pursuing success and fame and money at the expense of my health and time with my family. So for now, I'm on this road where I'm walking towards a very big vision to serve and to help a lot of people, which does come with increased income and increased recognition as in the past. But the daily battle is to say those things don't matter. And your job today is to focus on today and to make an impact and to be humble and kind and loving. And so through affirmations and through daily prayer and through meditation and through certain tools that I practice, I keep that top of mind front and center. But the blessing is that I have a lot to give and I have a lot of experience that, and I have a big ambition to help a lot of people. And and the fact that I have that drive inside of me is something that um, I'm very grateful for because not everyone's wired that way. The curse is that I'm very hard on myself and my mind goes faster sometimes than my actions. So I have to practice patience. I have to remember not to get attached to the outcome just to stay present and to focus on the the process versus the prize. I'll just give you one example. I have a big launch coming up in, in January and I have some big goals for the launch. And I was telling my wife this past weekend, look, if I don't sell a thing on this launch, if it bombs, I'm not going to be upset. I'm going to just know I did all I can. And so that's the battle between this desire for huge things, this desire to also be very humble and not be attached to be really a servant for the values that I believe people need in the sales world and in in the world in general. Yeah, man, it's a daily, it's a daily struggle to to balance those two things. If I'm being fully honest with you. I love it, man. That's, I resonate deeply with that of where is my drive coming from? Mm -hmm. Is my drive coming from trying to make a ton of impact, right? And really serve people or And sometimes what's the daily struggle you speak of? Is it coming from validation? Is it coming from, I'm not enough. So I need to do what, where's the essence of what I'm trying to do really coming from? And what you're say alluding to is those parts of you never actually go away. Yeah, What does change is your practice, your relationship, your being present with it a little bit more. Yeah. It's keeping your ego in check. And that's really, again, I know I'm an asshole when my ego takes over. I know I'm not my most abundant self. And when I feel truly alive, when I feel truly in service is when I'm empty inside, when I'm acting as a vessel for God, for love, for goodness. And again, I'm not tuning my own horn. I know where my impact is and it's through humility. It is through just being in service and letting my own agenda just dissipate if you will. And that's, that is how I'm responsible for coaching a lot of people. I have kids that I'm trying to model after. I have a wife who is needy and who wants my time and attention and presence. And I am better when I can be present. And in fact, I just redid my affirmation. I just redid it. And it's something that I would encourage anyone who is trying to remind themselves of who they are and what they stand for to write down and to update an affirmation that is current. Because what drove me to this point is not what's going to drive me 
2023, right? What drove me last year was to build this business and to scale it and to go into this all-in hyper-discipline, hyper-focused, hyper-productive mode. And now that I've had a lot of success with the business side, it's okay, that is fulfilling and it's great, but it's actually can be a distraction when you're only focused on the business growth versus the mission. And so Um, I actually redid my affirmation and I hope inspire some other people to, to think about what's important to them. And so I put up a picture of my family. I'll read this for people on the audio and wrote, I am kind, loving, and humble in spirit. I am hardworking, focused, and disciplined in action. I respect, listen, and stay present with others. I lead by example. I inspire others to be their best. I put God's will before my own. And that last sentence is really the most important for me. When I say I put God's will before my own, that means being selfless. That means being in service. That means letting your ego go. That means helping others and not being attached to money and success and fame and all these other things. So below that is a picture of my family. So I just reset this last week. Mm because I felt a lack of inspiration for some of those other things that actually had inspired me going into 2022. So that's really what it is like. Is it's this constant optimization, constant strive for growth and for, I guess, checking yourself and figuring out where are you at in this season and what's going to drive you forward. And so I'm in the season of really trying to be in service in a more humble way than I think ever before. And I, I feel that in doing that, I will the business growth, the business success is naturally going to come. It's interesting to see what your affirmation is now versus what it was maybe even a year ago. I love that the word continually optimizing what it is and really what you're focusing on. The truest essence of the saying, you move towards what you think and talk about most. And by you writing those affirmations, and it also depends on what's most important in your life right now. Is spirituality really important? Is business really important? Is family and relationships? Is your health? right? There's, I would almost group there's seven different, one of those categories and you can only focus on three. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Like, it's so true. It's like when you focus on that thing and you get it, then you're like, okay, I got it. I don't need to focus on it. And you just run a marathon. Are you going to go run an ultra marathon next? What's next for you? Let me ask you, is it a kind of a check the box or is it forever now you're running marathons? I definitely will run a marathon again. And I would love to venture into ultra marathons eventually. But for me, I lost a lot of muscle as I was running. I was at my lowest weight I've ever been. Yeah. And I liked feeling strong. So I would have, I wouldn't mind getting back in, whether it be CrossFit. I've, I just tried a rumble boxing. Have you ever done rumble boxes? Like little never, boxing never heard so, yeah, but it's, I like the feeling of what am I trying to improve upon is speaking yeah. to what you're saying. It's like for me, number one, like right now for me, it's my spirituality and, or the relationship with myself is another mm. way I could say that. Mm. And that I know if that is good, that will naturally impact into that's the foundation. Business. That's the foundation of everything spirituality. I mean, no one talks about it, but what are we here on this earth for? You can say that's spirituality because it is, but we have a guiding light, we have a force that if we listen and we allow it to flow through us, it will guide us. And that, again, that's the season I'm in right now. But you can think about these buckets, right? If you've ever gone to a Tony Robbins event, he talks about the wheel of life. I think he he refers it to, but there's the spirituality buckets one, there's the health bucket, there's family, there's social, and there's friendships, there's career, there's finances, right? So there's all these different buckets. And my experience is you're going to have buckets that are going to be more demanding at any one time, like you say. And when you 
focus there, the other ones tend to get depleted in some sense, in some sense. So the goal is to have, it's a very ambitious goal. And it's really the, I'd say the goal of life is to have all the important buckets getting filled regularly on a weekly basis and even on a daily basis. And if you can incorporate your calendar and fill those buckets with a good morning routine, with time with your family or your friends and with making time for self-care and your health, these are things that ultimately will become habits that will become just identities, ways of working versus this, oh, I'm going to check the box. And now I fill that bucket and then I'm going to go somewhere else and it's going to go get depleted again. And then there's going to be this vicious cycle. I try to, at least in my own life, to optimize most of the buckets and it's never perfect, but I'm not going too far extreme in one. Whereas if you're completely depleted in one bucket, you're going to go extreme to yeah. fill it up because you're getting nothing. So one of the exercises- Over-indexed. Yeah, you're over in it. So my coaching, this is something I've done with a lot of clients is we'll go through and we'll fill it. We'll rank my clients on a one to five in each of these buckets. What? How do you rank yourself? Your relationship, your primary relationship. If you have one, what would you rank that as? What about your health? That would be your diet, your exercise. What about your spirituality? What about your contribution? Giving back, feeling like your life matters. What about your career, your finances? And the ones that are one or two is where I say we need to focus. Let's put a plan to really over-index or over, get it to a five. Mm. The other ones, if you're at a three or four healthy, you know, you can maintain it. Maybe you make a few tweaks to get it to a five. But if you're at one or two, if your relationship is at one or two, everything else is going to be impacted. You can't be in a toxic relationship with a partner and expect to perform your best at work and expect to be fully present and happy and contributing in the lives of others if you're in, in a really unhealthy marriage, for example. So that's, again, where it's like you identify what needs to get to a five, and then you put together some action plans. Maybe it's therapy. Maybe it's date nights every week. Maybe it's in the example of relationships. Maybe it's going on a weekend getaway, right? Mm-hmm. So these things, I know in my marriage, for example, I have I don't have a word for it, but I have healthy, I'll just say healthy calendar events, healthy events that are always on the calendar that make my marriage really healthy. And those things are consistent. So going Mm. on four vacations a year, going on a date night, at least every three weeks, I go to a lot of concerts with my wife. I also give her time with her family or her girlfriends where I'll watch the kids so she can be depleted. I have, I have a nanny that even though she's a full-time mom that watches the kids two days a week, right? So she can have time just to, to, to decompress or whatever. So these things weren't in existence when my marriage was bad. So I had to go Mm. and say, I'm going to focus on the marriage to make it good. And it's the same thing with sales or the same thing with finances, right? If you literally just make the plan and then you execute the plan, then you can fix those areas that maybe are a one or a two. But then the question is, are you doing it at the expense of something else? Are you just going to pull from another bucket? And it doesn't have to be that way if you have little things that you can do. So for me, my spirituality bucket, for example, I pray in the morning. It's a two-minute prayer, maybe one may do it every morning. Then I do a daily devotional, which takes another two minutes. So it's five minutes of healthy spirituality connection. It's not two hours, but in the beginning, when I first became Christian, for example, I was doing a lot of Bible study. So that was like overly, but now it's more maintenance. So it's, I guess the pattern is go over hard in the beginning. So it becomes one of your identity, never leave you and then do things that you can maintain it for the long term, and, and that's really how you can be healthy in all 
seven core areas without depleting one at the expense of another. You don't want to be all in and then you deplete yourself in the other area. You want to be like consistent in these little things throughout the day and the week that make it so you're never depleted, if you will. You you say some of the interesting words. It's a great framework, right? These seven different areas of your life. I love the thought of over-indexing on a certain thing to to make it part of your identity. I thought that's such a powerful thing. And obviously in a healthy way, you want to do that, but really like going full send at it to really have it become part of yourself. And, you know, it's not just about execution. If it was about execution, everybody would do it. It's even as you relate it to sales, right? If it was just execution, just, hey, make more calls, cover your accounts, crush demos, build that. Like the, that's the hard part. Everybody wants a great relationship. Oh, we'll just go on date nights. Make sure that you're both working out. Give her free time. Easy. But I think what you have done that, I don't know if many other people do is you've gotten clear of why are those things important to you? Mm -hmm. You've become very saying, Hey, here's why being a great sales professional is important to me. Here's why having a great relationship with my wife is really important to me. And it's, you've sold yourself on the why. And then the execution becomes, yeah, just freaking do it. It's easy. Yeah, that's it's such a good point because if you don't know, again, you can check the box and say, these are the things I'm supposed to be doing because society says I'm going to do it like meditation. Oh, that's the hottest thing now. And it wasn't five years ago, but now like everyone, okay, I'm supposed to meditate most of it. But if you're not attached to it, if you don't feel like I, I want inner peace because my mind is racing and I, or maybe I want to be able to focus more because I can't sit still and I can't complete some deep work. If you're just doing it because it's the thing you're supposed to do, then it's not going to last. Whereas if you're doing it because you're deeply connected to the underlying reason. I say another, fr- I have like probably 20 frameworks that I use, <laughs> but one of them is set rad goals. Going into 2023, it's a framework around goal setting. And rad is super simple, but the R in rad stands for reason. Why are you setting this goal? If you don't have a good reason to set it, deep, a deep intrinsic reason that resonates with you, you're not going to hit the goal. The A is ambitious right? The A is ambitious goals that are going to force you to grow and change. And the D is drastic action, right? Something that's going to cause you to actually have to to work. But it starts with R. It starts with the reason for setting the goal in the first place. Because so many people say, I want to do this and this, but you're not, it's not going to last. It's just not unless you have a really deep reason for it. So that to me, again, everything I do, I, I deliberately take time to say, is this something that's worth my time, effort, and energy to do it or not? And I only will do things that I believe are going to provide the best return on my capacity to serve other people. That's really how I determine what I do. This episode is brought to you by Alluvians. Alluvians is helping sales professionals and sales leaders master the craft of sales by transforming the inner game. Last year, we threw over four retreats and helped over 150 tech sales professionals, leaders, and founders. And next, we got it going on May 3rd through 5th in the beautiful Austin, Texas area. So make sure you apply to alluvians.co to check it out for more. Well, your reason, I go back to even that, you know, defining moment when you hit, even when you alluded to hitting rock bottom right there. Mm -hmm. And I still remember, I think I had known you by for about at least a year and a half, two years when you called me and you're like, Hey, I've been thinking this thing of posting on Instagram for 365 days in a row. Yeah. And you just had this, you're like, I'm going to post about sales because I think I can add a lot of value and you committed to it. 
and you did it. And I'm sure that if you look back on some of those early on videos, you're like, man, what was I thinking? And I'm assuming <laughs> now it, you you took that drastic action that you're speaking to. But yeah. Yeah. what I think it really came from is you had a really important reason. Like yeah. what? Because you're not just all of a sudden, like, hey, I'm on podcasts. I'm hundred people in my cohort. That didn't just happen. It was a process that took you there of working really hard and being uncomfortable. What's at the very beginning of that process? What was that spark? And we talk, This is about sales leadership. And I'll say for me, I was never one that was driven or self-motivated to make like these drastic changes on my own. I was definitely a creature of habit. I had a lot of addictions and vices. And I was just, like I said, chasing the money, chasing what society told me will make me happy. And it didn't. And the catalyst for going on Instagram and really starting this journey came, um, it came almost four years ago to this day. It was Mm. December 28th, 2018, the exact date. Why do I remember? Because I went to Six Flags Magic Mountain and I got stuck on a roller coaster hanging upside down. And I was up there for 30 minutes and I had a what I call like a god shot or it was this it was this fear. I thought that I was going to die. I was hanging it was one of those flying coasters where the harness is in front of you and the track mm-hmm. is above you. So you're hanging straight down. We were 18 stories up at the peak of a ride called Tatsu and I recently made a video about this. I've actually been on Tatsu. I know exactly what you're saying. So I got yeah. stuck right at the very top of the lift and Ooh. I was just staring down to my death and it was so scary. That's like my biggest fear. And we're just like literally sitting, hanging like that. So anyway, I started, the big thing was like, I thought about what would happen if I died. And I came to this realization that my life would be complete waste. And I know that's harsh to say, but it's the truth. I hadn't done anything for other people. I had been very selfish up to that point and live my life purely to acquire things and from a place of ego. And that was the first realization. And then I thought about my son. I thought about my family. And I was like, man, if I died right now, I wouldn't have left this world a better place. I was just very much like my life wouldn't have made an impact, made a difference. And that that was scary. And then it became this other new thing for me. And then I was like, I was meditating and I said, okay, God, I'm going to start living my life for other people. It was like, get me off this roller coaster. I'll do it. I'll start serving other people. I'd been wanting to serve. I'd been wanting to help people. I'd been had this small little whisper in my body that was telling me, you're built for more. You should be doing more. And I just pushed it to the side. And then it became like hanging upside down. I was like, okay, I promise God, I will start using my life and start helping people. I'm not going to keep all this knowledge, this wisdom, this experience to myself. People need to learn what I've learned through the hard way. Um, and, and then nothing happened. I'm like, get me off the roller coaster. I promise I will start now. I will start right now. I said that. I said, God, I'm not going to wait anymore. I will start right now. I promise to get me off the roller coaster. <laughs> and then the ride started going right after I made the promise. So it was like, wow, me, I'm not kidding. Yeah, it was that. And so I'm like, okay, so God is real and I need to uphold this promise. And that was it. That was literally it. So that's why I call it a God shot. It wasn't like a nudge. It was like a shock. So for me, everything that I've ever done that has been meaningful or drastic has been after some type of my way is not working. My stubbornness is totally getting me nowhere. There's a better way, like literally. So that it's been this constant battle, going back to your first question between my will and God's will. That's why it's in this affirmation, because 
what is God's will for me? It's to actually lead by example and serve other people and do it through values that are around love and kindness and, and compassion and forgiveness and faith and just things that I think we're lacking in this world right now as we retreat and move more towards ourselves and our own egos and our own thoughts. And it's just like bullshit. You hear it all over and I just ignore it. I don't listen to a lot of news and I just surround myself with people and with activities that are creating abundance versus scarcity and fear. And so I just share that because that was the defining moment for me. And honestly, it's just been now a matter of, okay, follow that where I think God wants me to go, but not get in my own way. It's it's like, I, I pray for this every day because I know my way is usually the wrong way. If that makes sense. It's usually not the right way. But when I'm truly in service of other people, when I'm truly trying to help and leaving like empty inside, that's when great things happen. And I just can't explain it other than this, this thought or logic of what I think is what I'm supposed to be doing oftentimes leads me to nowhere. It leads me to the, not what I thought I would get versus if I just go with the flow and trust and have faith that it's going to work out, it always ends up getting me where I want to go. That's the constant evolution. And it, even in my business now, it's pivoted quite a bit where um, I used to do corporate work and training and I found myself very depleted and not making such an impact when I was doing that work because I'd be in and out and then hopefully they deploy what I taught them. Right. Whereas now I am only working with individuals, the salespeople. And that's been, I can see it every day, the impact I'm having there. So that required letting go of two thirds of my revenue um, at the possible risk. I did a lot of corporate work and I did a lot of advising work. And I said, I'm cutting off those two thirds revenue streams so I can truly make an impact. And since I've done that, I've grown my coaching probably from 30 or 40 people to now around a hundred, and it's only going to grow even more. So it's like this constant kind of uh, belief that everything's going to be okay and do the thing that is going to help others versus help yourself. In doing so, you will help yourself in much bigger ways than maybe you might even see at the time. You know, we talk a lot about what leadership is and, you know, leadership can come in the form of leading other people, obviously, and being their direct manager and getting them to work towards a common goal and really building great culture and developing people or even just the leadership through mentorship or coaching. And I think the one that you really have embodied, but also just learned is the importance of first leading yourself yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and teaching other people that the leadership is not in the title. Yeah, The leadership not. is how you show up for yourself. Because when you are showing up for yourself and leading yourself of, even when you talk about your mantras, your what you say every single morning, your affirmations, your practices, you are first saying, hey, I will lead myself, trust myself, love myself, have confidence in myself. And all of a sudden, when people are speaking to you and learning from you, it's a transmission. And then they trust you more. That's they right. have more confidence in you. And there's just something that's created right there. And in your course, you talk about, yes, you. I'm assuming you help on the tactical skills of enterprise and complex large deals. Important, unbelievably. And it's a massive skill set to be able to learn. You've learned through practically 20 years of experience doing that. But what I love that you do is you are also saying, yes, that's important. And you first have to do your mindset. You have yeah. to get how you feel, your heart, your just your your feeling. And so 
what is that for you? Whether it's about what your course is or just like, what? how do you help people lead themselves first? Yeah. yeah, it's, you just said it. You just said it. And you said it really well, Alex, is you lead yourself first. And that's really it. It's for me, leadership is not necessarily inspiring others through my words of what they should be doing or oh, let's go. You could do this. It's not that. Lead- leadership is through my example. That is all it is. I lead by example. That is in the affirmation. And for me, that's what I need to do to lead others is it starts with yourself. So for leading yourself is it has to do with knowing who you are and making sure your actions and your behaviors align with your core values and your identity. And this is something I call the integrity gap, because if your values don't match with your actions, you are out of alignment. You are out of integrity and you're, it's going to be very hard to lead other people. It's hypocrisy is what it is. So I, again, everything I teach is because I fucked up and did it the wrong way, basically experienced the pitfalls of that. When I first started my Instagram project in 2019, I was trying to motivate, inspire people. And meanwhile, I was getting drunk and looking at porn and was out of integrity with my marriage and doing all these things that completely like were in the shadow that I hadn't Mm. dealt with. And you got to see a lot of that. You did because of the nature of the work we did together. But a lot of people didn't. That was this face of like integrity. And yet I was out of integrity. So for me, what I did when I nearly lost everything, hitting rock bottom was I said, I don't care about my business. Okay. I'm going to put the business on hold and I'm going to go take care of my my marriage and my mental health. So I got into 12-step recovery. And I got a sponsor and I went to therapy and I started prioritizing. I literally, with the finances and the career and the side hustle thing, all of it, I told my boss at Salesforce, I'm not going to be able to be involved with the team. I'm not, I'll do the minimum to respond to things that come in, but I'm not going to be proactive. Don't expect to see me the way you used to see me. And that's leadership. It's basically being able to to know what is best for you right now and do that in spite of maybe disappointing other people. And so even, I'll just give you another example, even me talking about God might isolate some people who are listening to this that might not believe in God or have faith as a core value. But for me, that's core to everything I do. And if I don't give credit where it's due, then I'm leading from a place of integrity. So it is truly knowing your values and not being afraid to speak and have your actions back them up. That's what leading by example looks like. And it's what you do when no one's looking, right? It's what you do when no one's, nobody's watching and owning up to it. If you're doing things that are out of integrity, really owning it and, and not hiding. And so my perfect, hell no, hell no. I still have vices. I still have, there's no, nobody's perfect. I'm sorry. It doesn't exist, but I own it. Right. And I still have accountability with my wife. I have accountability with my 12 step group and I know I'm doing my best and that is enough. And so I, I think that's where. If you want to be a great leader, you have to be relatable, you have to be real, and you have to be vulnerable. And I think that the reason my program has been successful is because people can relate to me because they can see themselves in me with the struggles that I faced and the desire to be better. And that's just the, it's never going to go away in life. We're always going to make mistakes. We're always going to have pitfalls. We're always going to battle our demons. And I just feel like 
that's what's missing a lot of people is this this they fight themselves they, they fight it's like this internal battle and leading by example is saying i'm in this battle and here's yeah. what i'm doing to work on myself that's it's not just keeping it in secret it's sharing with your team and i know you've done this before because of you know who you are but that's what i do with my coaching group and my mastermind is i share these battles i'll share the affirmation with them i'll share what's on my mind and i was in a dark season a few weeks ago i was sick and i shared some stuff and it just created this safe container for everyone to open up and say we're there too thank you it wasn't like I had an agenda, but we just threw it out. I said, this is what's on my heart right now. And we all shared. And it just became this really magical feeling for everyone to be able to know they're not alone. So I think, I I don't know if that answers your question, but that to me is what leading yourself is. Yeah. Yeah. I think the topic of vulnerability is so powerful right there. And it's, one can also say vulnerability is there's a hashtag for it's trending now at this point. (laughs) Yet it's so often, and even in my own experience, it's a word that we say that we don't actually know how to actually do it. And Mm -hmm. I know one of my good friends is Anthony Natoli. And one thing Mm -hmm. I talked with him about, because he's very vulnerable as well, similar to you. He's like, Hey, it's funny. The, my best posts are usually the ones that I'm most terrified to post. And even what you said, the stuff that you're most afraid to share because you think people are going to judge you or look down on you, or they're going to see the real you. And that's like terrifying. People aren't supposed to see that's in the shadows for a reason. I was talking with my great longtime friends yesterday, and I shared something about that I was envious of with him, that he's got like a great family. And I'm like, man, I'm envious of that. And he is me being vulnerable there. And he's like, I'm envious of what you're doing with your job and with your career. And it was such a, an ability to, because I said what I said, he was able to say what he said. And I was like, oh man, I just felt the conversation deep. And similar to what you're talking about on your team meetings or with your clients, when you share all of a sudden, it's just, oh, this is one of these types of relationships and calls and conversations. Yeah, it's so true. And Anthony, I went on a group, I think it was, he had his own mastermind and we talked about addiction a lot. And he told me about a gambling addiction, which he's made public and some posts. And I talked about a sex addiction, which people think addiction or alcohol. They just automatically associate sobriety with alcohol. And that's not my addiction, right? Something that I say I'm sober. I am. I'm sober from hardcore pornography, right? That's something that I don't consume. It's interesting because that has such a taboo around it. Right. And there's just so much judgment. And it's it is hard for me to still talk about because Holy. people just like it's like mainstream is alcohol. Like you could say, Oh, I stopped drinking. Yeah. But, oh, I stopped watching porn. Oh, don't touch my yeah. porn. So it's really fascinating where everybody's got struggles, right? Everyone's totally. got things they might do. And some are accepted by society and some are, are not. And yeah. the more like you you share in the shadows, right? The more people come out and say, wow, I thought I was the only one. I literally shared some of my deepest, darkest secrets with my group. And I had one guy in my group come out and tell me he had been seeing escorts inside of his marriage for a long time. And like, he never, he kept it very dark, hidden. And um, he told me about it. And in that sense, I could help him get the support he needed and I can Uh help him get the right therapy because it's not just go to therapy. It's go to a sex addiction therapist. It's a very different kind of vice. And then now he's just a different man and, and he's not the only one. There's a lot of people, many people. It's amazing with men in particular, how many are maybe not outright cheating, but 
certainly looking at inappropriate women on Instagram that are not their partners or looking at porn in secret, not telling their wives because they're in shame about it, or some that are doing more extreme things like seeing escorts or going to massage parlors or strip clubs, or it's this really underserved community of people that because you're a man and sex and what's always glorified growing up and it's everywhere you look. And so that's something that I still don't talk about that openly because I don't want it to dilute my brand. I don't want it to take away from what I'm building, but it's a, it's at the core of everything that I do in terms of being a family man and being there for my wife and making sure I'm fully honest. It's not so much about what you're doing or what you're not doing. It's, are you honest with yourself and with your partner? That's the most yeah. important thing. And that's my values. I will always honest be with honest yourself. with yeah, honest with myself and honest with my partner. And that's all that matters. It's, are you living a lie? Are you saying one thing and then doing another thing? That That is the definition of integrity for me is it's not just that I need to be perfect and be right on the integrity line all the time. It's that I need to acknowledge when I'm out of integrity and work on it and then be open about it too. Because it's one thing to be open with yourself, but it doesn't, can't, because if it did, you would, you would have stopped a long time ago. So having accountability, having a group, a 12-step group, having other people, maybe it's public accountability accountability, sharing with your friends. or But for me, that's been a huge part of it because I always used to like try to change in secret and it never was effective. But once I got support and, and made a commitment to my partner and opened up, it was like, yeah. it was the scariest thing I ever did. But right after I saw you, this was back in 2020, I did what was called a disclosure to my wife. And I, I went there and I told her everything I'd ever done in my marriage at the risk of losing her at the risk of losing my family, but it was the right thing because I cleared out, I truly became empty inside, right? I cleared out all those secrets and shadows and did it the right thing. And my therapist said, are you going to have her stay with you because of what she doesn't know? Or are you going to have her stay with you because of the truth and still re rebuild and repair from there? And it's, it's amazing how much intimacy and connection and love our marriage has had since I've come out and I'm not carrying these secrets anymore. And I wish that for every man and I wish that for every husband. And I know that's probably the work I'm meant to be doing long-term outside of this whole sales coaching, sales inspiration thing, but I'm not there yet, right? I'm yeah. still in this place of wanting to, to serve the sales community, but I think there's a bigger issue for me that I'm meant to be doing. Mm. That's powerful, man. It's talking about what's the spark, even just what you're sharing right there from you going through everything that you went through and being able to make that actually part of what you now serve the world with. We talk about having a purpose behind everything. We are in our shadows when we are in our hardest moments, when we're in our, this sucks. And just if we could have hindsight to the, from the future, like, oh, that was actually one of the most important parts times of my life because it made me who I am. And I really admire that. And I feel that right now. I'm just, so I just appreciate that share, man. And it's your, your story's only getting better. And honestly, dude, like I see you on stage impacting millions, if not millions of people and specifically sure sales will always be a cornerstone of it. Yeah. And I think there's also just like you said, like there's something big that you're doing. Yeah. There's this marriage, like restoring integrity to marriages. I mean, again, I don't claim to be the perfect husband or the perfect father, but I know that, um, I know that having secrets in a marriage is really unhealthy. And from what I know about my immediate circle of friends and my extended circle of male acquaintances, I'll say there are very few marriages where it's completely open and transparent. And that is a shame. And that's why now it's like nearly 60% of marriages are ending in divorce. And again, you can only do one thing at a time. And I think that's part of what 
Faith is trusting that the will of God will be revealed with time. But the big kind of core quality, which leadership requires is patience. It requires patience and faith. Patience that today's actions are enough. And even though it may not be like right where your North Star, right exactly what you think you might be wanting to be doing with your life, it there's a time and a place and what you're doing today will ultimately serve you to get where you want to go tomorrow. That's the patience piece. And the faith is that where we are right now is going to be a building block for where we go tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So just being present, like your sign says behind you, gratitude for the present being Gratitude for the present is appreciation that where I am right now is exactly where I need to be. Whereas the source of misery for many people is thinking we're not enough or we're not doing enough or we're not in the right place. Whereas true presence is saying, I am going to be here and give my all to where I am right now and trust that it's going to serve me. And so that's also the other battle is to, instead of focusing on the gaps of what we don't have or what we're not doing or where we aren't saying, this is exactly where I need to be. And I'm going to embrace it and do my best knowing that it's going to lead somewhere else that I'm meant to be. Yeah. The surrender to it right there. It is. It really is. Yeah. Maybe I'm not speaking on TED Talks about marriage and integrity or sex addiction, but I'm here talking to you about it and that hopefully someone's listening. And I get that time and time again. So it's like this belief that you are enough and you are doing enough and that's okay. Yeah. If I lead millions or if I talk about different things in the future, that's all good, but it doesn't matter to me right now. That's that battle between keeping your ambition in check, keeping your ego in check. The ego in check, like you said, we've come full circle. Yeah, we have. Well, listen, man, this is uh, coming up here on time. So this has been, man, I love jamming. I feel like I could just sit on like a beach and just look at the water and just like talk for hours with you about just the meaning of life. And I just want to acknowledge you. Like, thanks for just showing up and being raw and being vulnerable, just like you always do. Thank you for your message. Thank you for what you're going to be doing with your message as well. And I consider you both a friend and also someone who I really look up to. Thank you for that. And I guess I say is any parting words to share here? Wow. Um, Thank you for what you're doing and for the podcast and the people you're going to serve too. I would say just for anyone listening, know what I'm saying is the key to life. It really is. It's knowing your values and your identity and being true to it, making sure your actions and your behaviors line up. And most of us don't take the time to reflect and to think about this. We're so busy in the hamster wheel. We're so busy running towards our goals that we don't even know if where we're running towards is the right place. And I just, I would say, take it from me, the person who had to hit rock bottom, lose the family, hang upside down on a roller coaster. Like I've had these jolts where I was forced to stop, take a step back because I was knocked out. But I don't think that has to be the way. I was a stubborn mofo. So take the time to really think about. No, I won't even say think about. I won't even say that because if you could take the time, you would have already done it. Take the time to connect with people and places and groups and communities that are creating a space where you are allowed to let this ruminate. So Alex and I were part of a group called Abundant, where we were in a week away in in in, a, in Costa Rica and in Guatemala and really forced to sit and reflect and create this vision for ourselves. I've gone to these masterminds now for a long time and I have a lot of space where I can 
sit and reflect. But if that's a church retreat, if that's joining a mastermind, if that's a men's group, if that's a women's group, put yourself in a place, in a situation where you can have the space to take a step back and think about what you really want, who you really are, so that you can then know if your actions and behaviors are in alignment. I just feel like that's the answer. So whether it's my community, if you if I can help you support, then reach out to me directly. If Alex in his community can help support you and go to one of his retreats and one of his immersions, great, do it. But do it. Get yourself in that space. And I think both of us are in this space now where we're serving others and creating that environment where people can have this reflection. But it's you need to do that because yeah. doing it on your own in isolation, you just don't do it. You're just going to go back to doing those kind of busy work and the daily actions. Whereas if you can step outside of yourself and create a safe container or be in a safe container that someone else has created, I do feel like that's something that for me has been, and I know for Alex has been essential to both of our journeys is going on these retreats and having these experiences where we can step back and realize what's most important. And then that gives us guidance for what we do next. Well said, man. Well said. And love the course that you're doing. Obviously, Alluvians is offering immersions for exactly what we're talking about here. And whatever it is, find your community, get your support. So yeah, that doesn't matter if it's me or you or anyone. It's just do it. Don't just take an online like online course. Get with a community, a group of people, live, virtual. That's the key. Don't buy or just consume content and watch a video and think it's going to change it. You need other people who think and feel and act this way so you can lift each other up and you can get through osmosis that, you know, that, that, um, that spirit, the energy is real that Alex and I have. And it could be, again, it could be virtual. It could be live. It doesn't matter, but you have to be with other people to do this kind of work. And there's so many masterminds and groups that exist. So that's what I would say would be, I think for both of us, the I don't know, the spark, that's what enabled the spark to come alive, right? Is being in those environments. I remember you sitting on stage roaring in Costa Rica, just like in my mom, in that tent, but that you wouldn't be doing and you wouldn't be here. I would argue if you hadn't been there, you know what I mean? Agreed. Agreed, man. Thank you so much, man, for being on the show. Thanks for this great conversation as always. And uh, before you go, if people want to follow you, how do they get in touch with you? connect with me on LinkedIn. If you connect, I'll give you my newsletter. I also have a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Ian Koniak. And if you do want coaching or any kind of more hands-on support from me, my website is untapyoursalespotential.com, untapyoursalespotential.com. And I will be opening my next class of 2023 up in January. So I provide coaching, both one-on-one group coaching or just online coaching where I create it space for people to come together and figure out what's most important and then live it and then have accountability amongst the group to make sure they're staying on track. So that's my program and hopefully I can see you there. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for listening to the Rising Leader Podcast. Make sure you hit that follow button so you get notified every time a new episode releases. If you know someone who wants to take their lives and their career to the next level, send them this episode so we can all rise together. For more information, check out alluvians.co. We'll see you next time. And in the meantime, keep letting it flow.
This episode is brought to you by Alluviance. Alluviance is helping sales professionals and sales leaders master the craft of sales by transforming the inner game. In the past 12 months, we've thrown over four retreats and impacted over 100 tech sales professionals, leaders, and founders on diving in deep on what really matters, but really mastering the craft and being in an incredible community. Our next Arise Immersion is coming up this May 3rd through 5th in the beautiful Austin, Texas area. And make sure you grab your spot. Check out alluvians.co to apply there. Hope to see you there.